0: and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. So you know what, today we want to talk about creating momentum. And um, we're going to, why don't you put your finger in Genesis chapter 11 today. We're going to read from Genesis chapter 11 who loves ice skating I like ice skating because it's all about momentum you notice when you stand still on a pair of ice skates it's actually quite difficult to stay upright but when you've got momentum you can actually go quite well can't you and i you know over the years i've done ice skating a few times and i and if i've got momentum i'm good you know it's kind of upsetting if you're in front of me because i don't actually know what to do with my momentum but momentum keeps you going doesn't it and You know, there was a time um, a few years ago when I was snowboarding with a few friends of mine, and um, down at Guthagera at the back of at the back of Perisher, the Perisher slopes. And there's there's a black run there called um, Parachute, and uh, I was flying down Parachute on my snowboard with a few of the boys, and um, we were gaining some serious momentum. And then at some point, you know, every time you would curve and turn and curve and turn and the turns were getting a bit more dicey every time and I had that much momentum that on one of the turns I clipped the front edge and face-planted into the snow I think there might even be a picture of it up there. And um, oh, That's not me, but that's probably what it looked like. And uh, I, uh, I must confess, sometimes when I'm telling a joke, not everyone knows it's a joke. And I said I must qualify last week when I said that Homemade pasta—the carbs don't have any impact on you. I was lying to you. So for all of those of you who actually believed it and ate homemade pasta that week, sorry. There it was. So um, we're going to get a little joke light up on the thing, so so you can get you can get my sense of humour. So that's not me on the snowmore, but that's what happened to me. Now I've. Spoken to my wife, and I've said the thing with momentum is once you have an accident like that, once you, once you faceplant going down a black run called parachute, you, you know, the reason they call it parachute because it's almost like you're free falling, that's how steep it is. You know, what you need to do is you need to get back up and do it again. So I don't want to do it, but I've, I've, I've told my wife that I'm going to go on another boy's snow trip, and um, just so that I can get that momentum back again. And um, this is what he wants us to do. This is what wives, this is what um, your husbands need from you. They need you to release them so that they can retain that momentum in their lives. So um, I'm not getting many claps from the men, but inside, I know the men are clapping on the inside. And, um, you know, when we ride motorcycles, when when you ride on motocross tracks, there's these things called whoops. And uh, when I ride over whoops, I ride up and down every whoop and it, because I'm not very good. You know, when someone like Wayne McInery rides over whoops, he just skims along the top. And I've got this great photo of these two guys riding along whoops, and it looks like they're having a conversation while they're skimming across the top. Let me tell you, that is a very difficult thing to do. But when you've got skill and momentum, you skim over the things of life, don't you? And you don't get caught in the whoops. And isn't it interesting when you've got momentum, you become less concerned with all the dips and you, can, and you can be more concerned with what's going on around you. And God wants us to be people of momentum because when we're in momentum, we're not worried about what's beneath us, we're looking around us and we can become a blessing to those who are in our world. I've got a little clip about some people who actually have embraced this, um, this idea of momentum. So why don't we have a look at that? See, so when you've got momentum, you, you think of crazy opportunities of how to bless the people around you in your world. You think of crazy things like a 2020 vision of rescuing 100,000 children from slavery. You know, when you've, when you've got momentum in your life, you can be a blessing to humanity and you can, you can embrace the things of God at a level that impact the nation and the community that you live in. And uh, what, a, what a privilege it is to have a God who gives us the tools to do these things. So um. You know, we all face challenge in our lives to create change. See, we need change to bring momentum. And um, one of the one of the battles that we have is that we first need to to gain movement before we actually turns into momentum. You know, I have, a, I have people that come in to, to speak to me, and the majority of the the problem people have is that they're stuck. Has anyone ever felt stuck? You know, and we and we're telling people to change direction. It doesn't matter if you change direction if you're not moving, does it? You can change direction all day. Oh, now I'm looking at this. So I'm looking at a new topic, but I'm not heading anywhere near it because I'm still stuck in the same pit when I was looking over here. See, God wants to bring, first thing He wants to bring to our lives is motion. And then when we've got some motion, He can build some momentum and head it, and then, and then we can point it in the right direction. Even the simplest of tasks become hard when we don't have any momentum. So Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, creating momentum. Now the whole world had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had bricks for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Verse 5, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, what the, people, the, indeed the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what... And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth and they ceased building the city. Therefore its name is called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth and from there the Lord scattered them abroad Over the face of all the earth. Three things, three things that we get out of this that can help us with our vision, and one warning that can help us with our vision. See, God wants you to live in momentum, and the people from the Tower of Babel, they actually had momentum. The problem is is they had momentum in a direction that wasn't honouring God. So I want to give you four things today to take away. Three things that can help you build momentum and one warning about how you're building momentum. Isn't it interesting that God said he called the place Babel because of the confusion of the language. That's where we get our slang term babble. Has anyone had anyone babbling onto them? People babble all the time these days, don't we? Especially preachers. Now, the, the key is to find the truth in the babel, Find people who are speaking the same language. So see, the way God sent them all over the earth is he gave them different languages and he spread them over the earth. So people discovered people who had the same babel, who had the same language, and they went their way all over the earth. So there were three things. First thing, they had unity of vision. They agreed on what they were building. The second thing is they spoke the same language. There was no confusion in communicating. And the third thing is, is they all worked hard. They worked hard and they worked together. Now, unfortunately, their mo- motivation was to make a name for themselves. And this is the warning. And as a result of, of them trying to make a name for themselves, God had to bring confusion so that they could refocus on Him again. So the first one, let's talk a little bit about a little bit about it. Number one, they agreed on a plan, which means they had clarity. Of direction. If you want to build momentum in your life, if you want to get free from the dips in the whoops that are in front of you, then God wants you to have a clarity of direction. He wants you to agree on a plan. See, the f- we've got to actually get out of this being stuck so that we can get into motion so that then we can understand where we're going. So if you're stuck, the first your first goal is to get out of the, out of the stuck, out of the mud, out of whatever it is. And, um, And this is, this is the question that you've got to ask yourself. Where am I stuck? What are the areas in my life that there is actually no motion? See, it says in verse 4, Come, let, our, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens over the face of the earth. Isn't it interesting that they were stuck and what they built still kept them in the same place? So instead of actually building motion and heading somewhere in life, they actually just build a tower on top of where they were stuck. See, God doesn't want you to build a camp where you're stuck. He wants you to build some momentum. He wants you to start moving because when you're moving, then he can bring a new direction. And when he can bring a new direction, you can head and live according to his will. And when you're living in his will, then you can affect the community around you. See, when you're stuck, what's most, most important is motion, not momentum. When people come and speak to me about, about being stuck in life, my challenge to them is to actually get moving. See, the problem when you're stuck is you generally can't actually see anything. I don't know what I'm meant to do with my life. I, don't know, I can't see what I'm doing. All I can see is this muck and mess that's around me. So I encourage you in when you're stuck to get out of being stuck is you need to be you need to be following a vision. When you're stuck you generally can't see your own vision. So so the, the challenge that I present to you and to present to those who are stuck is you need to follow someone's vision so that when you're following their vision you'll begin to see the vision that God has for your life. See so Proverbs says, without a vision, the people perish. Why? Without a, without a vision, you're generally not moving. But sometimes when you're stuck, you can't discover your own vision because you can't see beyond the mess that's in front of you. So I challenge you today to, st- to step in and ask someone if you can help them with their vision so if you can serve their vision, you can get out of your muck. And when you're out of your muck, God can bring a revelation of your vision. then we add direction. Once we're moving, then we add direction. The key thing to life is motion. You know, when we, when we think of the things of God, the first thing we do when we get saved is we become people who read his word. We're looking at the general will of God and once we learn the general will of God, then he can allow us to have the specific will of God for our own lives. See, the general will of God is love your neighbor as yourself. The general will of God is go and make disciples of all nations. The general will of God is love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. The general will of God is as much as you have done to the least of these, you have done to me. He wants us to get our head around the general will of God before he can add us some specifics to it in our own lives. So to get out of the muck, we follow the general or someone else's plan and when we're following someone else's plan, hopefully God's, then we can actually begin to see what he wants us to specifically do in our own lives. The first thing is to get out of, the, out of, the, out of being stuck. The second thing is to find a direction that is for you and specifically for you. The second thing was they spoke in the same language. They had clarity in communication. Clarity in communication is, is vital, isn't it? Language is vital for your efforts in life. And that the key for us is we need to be speaking the language of heaven. See, there's the, the, who knows the language of heaven is very different to the language of earth. The language of earth has limited resources. The language of heaven has abundant resources. You know, when you speak from the language of earth, it says resources are scarce. Therefore, I better go and find some before someone else does and keep it for myself. The language of heaven says something different. It says, I am, I, the language of heaven says, I serve a God of abundance. Therefore, there is the exact amount of resources for the exact amount of people for the time that I live. Therefore, I can be generous and I can, and I can distribute what God has given, given to me because I serve an abundant God. See, it's a different language. We need to learn a different language. The people of Babel had the same language. And when they came together, that unified them. They had a clarity of communication. The question for you is what are you saying to yourself? Are the words that come out of your mouth um, in agreement with the desires that are in your heart? Are the words that are coming out of your mouth in agreement with the desires that are in your heart? Let me ask you this question. If God made you God for a day, what would your language be creating right now? God said, let there be light. What are you saying? What are you saying about your day? What are you saying about what's in front of you? See, when God's confronted with darkness, he says, let there be light. When God's confronted with no water, he says, let there be water and let there be land. See, the question for us is, what is our language? Whose language are we aligning ourselves with? See, the enemy or the earth says, there's just not enough. God says, I am the God of provision. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am the provider. Therefore, speak my language. He wants us to align our language with heaven, and when we do that, we will see change. We will discover the direction, and we will build momentum in our lives. Sometimes you—you you need the first person you need to convince about where you're going in life is yourself. So ask yourself, if I, were, if I were the Lord for the day today, what would I be creating with my language? What would be created on earth based on what I'm saying today? Because either way, the positive or the negative can carry you in life. And we want to make sure that we're building momentum in a positive direction. Ogmandino says this, he says, Always will I bathe my days in the golden glow of enthusiasm. How's this for a statement? We live in a vague world and it gets vaguer all the time. There are so many waffle words, so many equivocations, so many ways to sort of say what we kind of intend to do, possibly. In this environment, the power of the specific, measurable and useful promise made and kept is difficult to overstate. See, we need to be specific today about what we want to achieve. We need to be specific about encouraging and about speaking life into what we're trying to achieve because there's obstacles in life and we need to get the momentum of heaven so that we can get through the obstacles. And the key to building the momentum of heaven is make sure you're speaking the language of heaven and not the language of earth. See, God wants us to bring our seed. He wants us to bring our dream to the marketplace, not our need to the marketplace. See, we bring our need to heaven and we bring our desires to the marketplace and operate in the name of heaven. If you do it regularly, if you do it on time, if you do it without a fuss, the world will notice. They will hear your language and they will understand that you're communicating with clarity about where you're headed, about where you want to go. And with clarity, with communication clarity, you will build a momentum that you cannot even dream of. Here's a people building a building that got the attention of God. God said, look at this group of people. They are building momentum that they're going to get to the point where whatever they put their mind to, they will be able to achieve. And the only reason that God stopped it is because they were building a name for themselves and not for him. The third thing is they worked hard. They had clarity of effort. There's no escaping it, sorry. Sorry. Hard work? The Bible says six days shall you work and one day shall you rest. Now, God hasn't called you to strive to get to retirement. He hasn't called you to strive to get to the weekend. He's called you to be people who work. The thing is, though, is we tend to look to get to our weekend so that we can do a different type of work. See, so we stop working on our job so we can start working on our house. We stop working on our job so that we can start working on our resume for our next job. See, God said, no, I've called you to work for six days and I've called you to rest for a day. So he wants you to be people who have got an amazingly hard work ethic. But he's also called you to be a people who understand that the Sabbath day was created for you. It was created for you so that you could embrace rest. The people of Israel... were were living in slavery for 400 years, working seven days a week. So when God came down with the law and said, six days shall you work and one day shall you rest, they were cheering because they'd been working seven days for the last 400 years. Our problem is a little bit different. We love the rest part. We actually need to remember the other part and go, hang on, seven days, you've been resting, now it's time to actually get a job and work for six Malcolm Gladwell says it takes 10,000 hours practice to become truly excellent at something. Hard work gives you excellence. And when you become excellent, you become visible to man. See, God wants us to be visible to man so that we can bring the glory of God. But when you're visible to man, you've got to make sure that you're giving him the glory. Because when you're, if you become excellent and don't give him the glory, then he will allow confusion to come in your life and your excellence will be scattered. 2 Thessalonians 1.11 says, God wants to empower your good purposes and works and acts prompted by your faith. So he wants to be people who are people of hard work, but he wants, it to be, he wants it to be prompted. He wants it to come out of our faith, not out of our desire for ourselves. Our faith in him needs to be our desire to, to, to work hard, not our faith in ourselves. He wants us to be people who have a faith in him. He, he who would accomplish little, he who, see, who sees little in God, need work little. Now, he who wants to accomplish much in God needs to absolutely work very hard. He wants us to get hungry about what he's hungry for. See, when a a young man sees an issue like human trafficking and gets as hungry as Danny got, he actually chose a career to serve a work prompted by his faith. See, God wants to empower your works that are prompted by your faith in him, not your ability to build a name for yourselves. If you build a name for yourself, you will eventually become invisible because God will allow you to be scattered. When we get hungry, we get clear. And we get sensitive to the smell of food. See, God wants you to be very clear about what you're hungry for because what you're hungry for, you'll become sensitive to. And when you become sensitive to something, you'll begin to see the opportunities of what you're sensitive to. This is why it's so important that we're speaking the right language because if we're speaking the wrong language, we become sensitive to what we're speaking about that's negative and not what we're speaking about that's attached to the positive vision God has given you through your faith. God is immune to pressure or deception, but will respond to faith, perseverance, faith, and perseverance of his people who seek his will. See, we think that we can learn the strategy to get God's attention. The strategy to get God's attention is to hunger and thirst after him. There's no strategy on earth that can get the... See, we don't, God doesn't operate like, oh, you know, if you pray this prayer, you will get provision. If you pray this prayer, you will get healing. No, he's saying, if you seek me with all that you are, you will discover me. And when you discover me, you will discover everything that you need for life. It's not about discovering or seeking what God can give you, it's about discovering and seeking God himself and allowing him to pour out the full blessing of heaven over you. My goal is to leave no possible way of retreat for myself. Win or perish. Win or perish, that's my goal. See, practical dreamers never quit. See, God's called us to be people who work hard, hasn't he? He's called us to be people who speak the language of heaven. He's called us to be people who understand that we have a clarity of direction, a clarity of communication, and a clarity of effort. We're working as hard as we've ever worked. We're speaking a consistent language, no matter what the whoops are that are in front of us. We're speaking the same language, and our eyes are lifted. We're seeing past it. We're seeing where we're headed. We're not seeing the whoop that's in front of us. I ask myself questions. I've got a list of questions that I ask myself from time to time because when I get stuck in my own muck I end up becoming a problem to you and I want to be a blessing to you. I want to be a blessing to the people that are around me and when I'm stuck in the muck I'm not a blessing to the people who are in my world. So I ask myself, what am I holding on to right now that I need to let go of? I ask myself, am I happy with myself? Am I happy that God created me in His image? What's one fear that's holding me back right now? Based on what I do today, where will I be in five years' time? What am I procrastinating about right now in this moment? What have I given up on that I need to pick back up again? What do I do when somebody doesn't like me? How old would I be if I didn't know how old I was? What would I do differently if I knew nobody would judge me? Do I ask enough questions? Interesting, aren't they? See, God's called us to be people of momentum. And He wants us to understand that sometimes when we're in the muck, there's a way out. And sometimes we don't necessarily see it, so we can ask the question of someone around us What are you doing so that I can serve you to get myself out of the muck so that I can begin to see God and I can start to speak the right language and I can build up some work ethic in my life again? And then there's a warning. Be careful who you are making a name for. See, the people who built the Tower of Babel said this. They said, let us make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered abroad. See, when our confidence is in what we can create, you become dangerous in the kingdom of God. So God has to allow you to be scattered. When we build a name for ourselves, we get in trouble when we build his name when we live in his name that's why it's so the bible goes speaks it speaks it almost babbles on and on about his name doesn't it his name is the name above all names. Whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus. You know, we can, we can do all things in Christ according to his glorious riches. See, he wants us to get his name on top of everything that we're doing because if our name gets on top, then we're building for ourselves and that's going to end in confusion and we're going to get, we're going to get spread around. God wants us to be a people who honors his name. We need to live something beyond our own expectations, beyond our own, beyond our own greatness. See, God has called you to be great, but he's called you to, and, and created you to be great in his name for his glory. And this is what the people in the Tower of Babel did wrong. They built a name for themselves so that they wouldn't be, so that they wouldn't be scattered abroad. And the one thing that they did, the reason that they did what they did caused them to get exactly what they didn't want. See, we all have a past, don't we? We cannot escape it. Can you imagine the people who, you know, they, they, they all they grew up coming out of the days of the flood, didn't they? The days of the flood where the whole world was, was um, you know, destroyed except for Noah and his family. So they said, well, we don't want that to happen again. Let's just stick together. Let's get as far away from the ground as possible. So if a flood comes again, we're sweet and we're not going to get scattered by whatever bef- befails us. See, God wants us to be people who put our trust in him, not in our ability to escape the next natural disaster that's coming our way. Why doesn't the band jump up? We need to live a life with intent. And our intent needs to be by his design, not by our design. Babel was all about their own glory. See, we need to have bigger thoughts than to make a name for ourselves. See, our mission, my mission in life from this platform is not to make you believe something. It's not to make you to um, go away with anything. My mission is to give you an opportunity to receive revelation from God. If you hear anything that I say, that's irrelevant to me. What I, my goal is to give you an opportunity to hear what God is saying in your life. And this is why we come to ch- We gather because when we gather, when we come together into this space, we, we are saying to the Lord, I am open to receiving revelation from heaven. And it's the revelation from heaven that will set you free. See, a great comedian doesn't make you laugh. A great comedian gives you an opportunity to laugh. See, we all look at different things, don't we? We all laugh. We all, we're all excited. We all We all have different things that stir us up. And what we do in life is we create an opportunity for people to receive salvation we create an opportunity for people to laugh we we create an opportunity for people to gather see jesus says i will build my church and the word church is the greek word ecclesia which means a gathering for a purpose it's not this building he says, and, and, what, and what is the purpose? Well, Jesus gives us the purpose. He says, I will build, here comes the purpose, my church. I will build my gathering of people who are gathered for a purpose and that purpose is very simple me. So our goal is not to get that sign out on the road lifted up. Our goal is to get the name of Jesus lifted up. And when we lift the name of Jesus, he can build his church. Because it's built in his name, for his purposes, for his glory, for the freedom of this city. See, when we lift his name, we give our community the opportunity to receive salvation. God's looking for hungry people. He's looking for hungry people. Why don't you stand with me today? 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10 says this, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. See, in order for us to influence humanity, we need to exceed our own expectations. We need to change when it feels like we're in the muck. God's called us to be people of momentum and to be a people of momentum we need to align our vision what are we building we need to align what we're building with heaven we need to align our language we need to align our language with heaven what am I speaking what am I creating through my language and we need to be a people who understand there's a clarity of effort am I working hard what am I working towards who am I working with we need an agreement on all these things God has called you to be a person of momentum. And when you become a person of momentum, you become someone who can set the people around you free because you see with a new clarity. If you've got clarity of direction, if you've got clarity of communication, if you've got clarity of effort, you're a person of clarity. You begin to see like you've never seen before. Let me pray with you today. Father, we just thank you We thank you that you are mighty to save. We thank you that you are the source of all that is good. Father, we choose today to lift your name up above every other name. We choose today, Father, to declare that this is the house of Jesus Christ. We are the bride of Christ and we thank you, Father, that when you said, I will build my church, you were talking about us, Father. And we say, Lord, this is your gathering. We are gathered in your name for your glory so that your truth can be revealed, so that your grace can be administered to this community, Father. So we thank you, Father, and we just align our hearts with you right now. And we say, Father, may your kingdom come. May your will be done. May your truth reside in our hearts, Father. We want to speak your language, and we want to see You, your name held above not only this church, but this whole community. Thank you, Father. Well, we pray you've been blessed by this message from Noosa Christian Outreach Church. For more information, please check out our website at www.noosacoc.org.au. See you soon.